somebody always tells the, the pastor that's planting a church, you got to meet this guy in town. You know, this is the mover. This, so this guy is one of the, uh, he's not really a mover or shaker, but people think he might be. So he comes back from lunch and goes, you, you pastors need to learn how to talk less. <laughs> so I get that. And then I, my reply was, well, now you know why I don't go to a lot of pastor things, because I agree. I think that too many pastors talk too much. Amen. There's another pastor. <laughs> but sometimes we, we forget that we have to use our mouth, we have to use words to make the announcement of this message. Then, equally, again, both and, keep remembering, both and, the message announced includes actions which demonstrate the message, that are consistent with the message. When they're inconsistent, with the message, there's a breakdown in communication. The message that, that I believe, the message we are to proclaim with words and with actions is the message that begins with Jesus. I don't believe the message has changed. I don't believe that the message is going to change. I believe it's a consistent message for every generation between the first time that Jesus announced it to the time when Jesus returned. So what is that message? These are some things I've shared with you. Jesus begins his ministry. He begins his ministry by announcing, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He begins his ministry, then he continues his ministry, inviting people like Nicodemus. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. Now he's inviting people, the kingdom is near, now he, I'm inviting you to enter the kingdom. No one can enter the kingdom without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. An invitation to enter the kingdom. And then Jesus ended his ministry teaching after his suffering. So after the cross, after the resurrection, Jesus presented himself alive to those that were following him by many convincing proofs. What, get, like, give me examples. I, don't you love to think about, like, you're in a room and all of a sudden just Jesus is there. That's a pretty convincing proof, yes? Or you're in a boat. And I think that's Jesus cooking us breakfast. That's pretty convincing proof. So all those occasions that Jesus showed up with one person or with, there's 500. That's pretty convenient. So he appeared to them during 40 days and he spoke about what? The kingdom of God. So as I looked at that, it seems to me that Jesus begins his ministry on the earth, he continues his ministry on the earth, he ends his ministry on the earth with a message about the kingdom. Then the question was, well, what about the next generation? Not that first generation, but those that came in the next generation. And I introduced you to Philip last week. And Philip, he's a second generation leader. He's not an apostle. He's appointed a deacon. And he's faithful to going and announcing the good news concerning both the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. The Samaritans believe Philip who announced the kingdom and the name. 
and they gave credence to the message of Philip. Both the message and the demonstration were truthful and believable. So people believed and they were baptized and they happened to be Samaritans. They were no longer Jerusalemites or Judeans. Now they're Samaritans. So again, this kingdom trajectory. Philip brought good news into a Samaritan city. The city's not even named. His proclamation was the proclamation of a king. He's proclaiming the Messiah. He announces both the good news of the kingdom and the good news of the name of Jesus. And God shows up demonstrating the arrival of the kingdom with signs and wonders. So you seem like, like, like what I shared last week, you have these, seems to be two boosters, like a rocket for, for the church, those that follow Jesus, for us to get to the destination that God wants us in announcing the message. This message that we are announcing needs to be an announcement of the kingdom of God and an announcement of the name of Jesus the king. And they're, they're not in opposition, they're together, but, but there's a distinction, both and. So then the question is, well, what about, if you keep following the story, what about, you know, we've been at the beginning of Acts, we've been in the middle of Acts, what about the end of Acts? How, does that, how, does, how do the Acts of the Apostles end? So Acts 28, that's the last chapter. Paul lived for two years in his rented house. He welcomed everyone who came to visit. He urgently presented all matters of the kingdom of God. And he explained everything about Jesus Christ. His door was always open. The New Revised Standard says it this way. Paul lived in Rome two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So it seems to me that Paul's message, if you boil it down, Paul's message was both proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. Both and. Not one over the other, both and. So when I, when I just travel through the New Testament, it seems the message proclaimed in the New Testament with Jesus, Jesus is announcing the kingdom of God, and he's Jesus, so he's telling people about Jesus. You've got Philip announcing the kingdom and the name of Jesus, and you've got Paul announcing the kingdom, explaining the kingdom, and the name of Jesus. So you've got both, always, it's consistent. Then I wondered about what's, what is our, that's the question, what is our message? I just begin to make a list of what our message is not. Because these are things that I hear a lot without hearing the other. Well, first of all, our message is not an ecclesiastical message. The Presbyterian message, or the Methodist message, or the Baptist message, or the Vineyard message, the charismatic or the non-charismatic. It's not an ecclesiastical message. Most of the time when people say, what's the message? Well, would you like to come to church with me? Well, that's not the message. The message is not about church attendance, though I totally believe 
that everybody that follows Jesus needs to identify with a local church. The church is the body of Christ. Everybody that follows Jesus needs to connect with the, with the local church. Don't, don't doubt that at all. But it's not a message about what church I go to or don't go to. It's not a theological message. I can't tell you the number of times when people call me to ask about our community, what do you think they ask? First and foremost, I'm giving you a hint. What do you all believe? Well, and I've kind of said, well, what is it that you're fishing for? Because there's something that you want us to believe that you believe. So just tell me. Just ask me all outright. Don't set up a trap. That's what you're doing. <coughs> I mean, not all that long ago, we had, we had a gentleman walk in. He was a great guy. And he kind of came with, I'm, I'm coming, I'm not sure I'm going to stay, I'm listening for a message that I heard at a previous Vineyard Church, and uh, if I hear that message, I just want you to know I'm out of here. Well, why don't you just ask me up front, what is that? What is it, What's your, what are you fishing for? So it, this message is not, it's not a theological message. But again, all who follow Jesus, we need to mature in our study of God. I mean, we all should be able to get a point someday to, to know what sublapsarianism is. We should know that. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just throwing that out. That's one of <laughs> Otto's favorite theological terms. No, just the study of God. This is maybe this is a little harder. Uh, this, the message, it's not a morality message. The message that Jesus has given us is not a message to tell everybody else that they're living wrong and going to hell. Did Jesus ever do that? The people that were falling below the moral bar in the Bible, what did Jesus do? He hung out with the sinners and the tax collectors. Woman, where are your accusers? Woman, where are your religious accusers? Ooh, though, again... The Bible does direct all of us who follow Jesus to live a life of moral purity. It's, again, this is like, this touches, maybe this is going to touch home too much. It's not a political message. It's a sad day when the church becomes a part of a political party regardless of what nation you're in. When media identifies the church, a portion of the church, as they are this partisan party, that's not a good day. That means that our message is getting confused. Now again, I believe all who follow Jesus need to be good and active citizens in the nation where they, and I chose this word because we got to get this, where we sojourn. Folks, we are just passing through. Doesn't matter what nation we're in. I read a hilarious story of a conservative believer totally committed to capitalism, American capitalism, and I'm a follower of Jesus. And he had the opportunity to go to Scotland. And he was this, he was this combination, theologically, it was Calvinistic. Thought, oh, baby, I'm going to the home almost of Calvinism. I can't wait. He gets into this home of this Scottish guy. They start talking, and he finds out that his Scottish friend, who totally believes in Calvinism, is a socialist. 
<laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> it ruined his day. It just ruined his day. Folks, there are people who follow Jesus on this planet, and they are in a nation that is a democratic, socialist nation, and they are good citizens of that nation. There are times I kind of want to go back to Norway. They, it's not a bad system. But I'm not, that's not my, I'm not sojourning in Norway. I'm sojourning here. But the message I proclaim is not a political message. It's not a nationalistic message. It's a message for all nations. That's one of the hardest things in the time that we live to, to, to get over that hurdle because it even, it's, not, it's not a nationalistic message for Israel. Because when Jesus is answering the question, is this now the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus does not answer that saying yes. He answers that by saying, you know, the kingdom is going to be restored to Israel and every other nation in a way that you're not expecting. And so from that point on, and really it's not that point on, it's always been the mission of God to reach the nations of the world. And he's, he's still, it's, it's always going to be Israel and others, not one nation over the other. It's not a racial message. It's a message for every tribe and every tongue. It's not a gender message. It's a message for male and female. It's not a generational message. It's a message for the young and for the old. It's not an economic message, but a message for the rich and the poor and everything in between. So as I go through that list, isn't it true that the message that we read in the New Testament, the message that has been entrusted to us, get mixed up in all of these different ways, and there's probably more. And so if the message is getting diluted, I come back with, has my city ever really heard the message of the New Testament? Has Garden Ridge, has Canyon Lake? I, I don't know. I'm really left with a question. Because our, I know our message must be both a proclamation of the kingdom of God and a proclamation of the name of Jesus. I know that our message must be with words spoken from our mouths, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and with deeds done through us by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And may, maybe I'm looking for a precision. You, know, you can slap me around later. So, well, yeah, that's just, just expecting too much. But am I expecting too much? And so what I end with, so I ended with, with just remembering that God gave gifts to a local church and to the church in general. And he gave those gifts that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? So that they can have internationally recognized ministries and fly over the, all over the world in private jets. No. 
There's only one purpose. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. And the particular work of ministry that I believe that this season brings to us is the proclamation of both the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. And have we, have we as a community of people been equipped to do that? For building up the body of Christ until all of us come to a unity. See, there's this unity there should be a unity in our proclamation of the message that has been entrusted to us. Unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine or by people's trickery, by their craftiness and, and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped. As each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. See, I believe we all all of us are part of the proclamation of both the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. Not one of us, not three of us, all of us. But in order for that to happen, we have to be equipped. So those of you on our teaching team that are here this morning, just would you just stand up, please? That was a good stand. So now take, I don't know how many steps, but come join me. Not everybody on our teaching team is here, but we, I think, as a community, come right here. <laughs> like, do I need to stand taller? <laughs> Look, we're almost shoulder to shoulder. Maybe I'm an inch shorter. We like, <laughs> we like you as you are. <laughs> You're taller than me, too. See, I'm just the guy, Malcolm in the middle. Uh, I feel like we, we are so blessed to have a team of people that teach us. And what, what it's really coming down to is I'll, I'll talk to the others that are not standing here because we have others on the team as well. Can we... Can we commit ourselves in this season of the kingdom to equip this local church to proclaim the message of both the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus? We do. We do. <laughs> what, was that legal? No. <laughs> Is that yeah, binding? It's ecclesiastic. Okay. So, and then we realize that if we're not equipping the body to do this, the body's not going to do this. We realize that, don't we? So we want to take, all of that is that we want to take responsibility to do our best 
to equip us to give to our cities the message that has been entrusted to us by Jesus. Then, then I, are y'all, do y'all want to be equipped to do this? Do y'all sense that this is something we are, we are meant to do? Like this is like, like foundational to our faith, that we, we need to learn how to use our mouth and to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us does that, does that make sense to all of us? Now, one thing that has helped me, and I'll pass it on to you, is most days, not every day, but most days you'll find me in the backyard early. And as the sun rises, I kick back in my lawn chair and I look, gaze to the heavenlies, and I say the Lord's Prayer. And two, two parts that fill in this is, is let your kingdom come. So I know that the kingdom is not going to arrive and influence me and influence us and influence our world if I'm not willing to proclaim that kingdom. So that comes as I've prayed that through the years. The other is let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know that it is our Father's will that this message be proclaimed and demonstrated to our generation. And I'm pretty convinced that it has not. I have a fr another friend that, that, I, that I attend a Bible study with, and one morning he just said, you know, I think everybody in New Braunfels is a Christian. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Okay, well, then the kingdom's come. <laughs> Done. So... That over the years and just that simple prayer, that desire has grown and grown and grown. And then just the reality of, I don't think I've been equipped. And I'm not sure I've done a good job of equipping, but I want to take that responsibility. And I want to do that with a team of people in a community of people. Let, let's be honest and let's see where this takes us. Is that good? Is that fair?
Okay, let's stand together. If y'all can stay here. Please. Okay. Thank you. So we're going to pray for you, and y'all please pray for us. Is that okay? Okay. So Lord, thank you. Thank you very much for this season of the kingdom. And thank you that one of the things that we're meant to do in this season is that we are meant to explore the meaning of the message of the kingdom, which is a message that needs to be proclaimed. And so, Lord, I want to commit myself uh, to be, be somebody that learns. I, I, want, I want to know more uh, from your word, from you, Holy Spirit. I want to know more um, in every way possible about the proclamation of the kingdom in the name of Jesus. I want to experience that more so that I can pass along what I'm learning together in this community. And so, Lord, I, I ask that uh, this community uh, would just be receptive, that, Holy Spirit, you would begin to open up our, our minds and our hearts and all that we are so that we could be equipped as a body of people to proclaim this message, your message, the message of the kingdom, and the message of the name of Jesus to the people around us in the cities that we live.